Today we're going to talk about lower GI problems, um, plus a few upper GI stuff that we missed before. So, first thing is just abdominal pain in general. There's, we separate abdominal pain into three basic types. The first one is called parietal pain, and it's pain from the peritoneum. And it's usually more intense, localized, and usually lateral. So, what does that mean in English to you? So localized, it hurts here, Lo and lateralized means one side or the other, usually not both sides. Is that like stitches? Like when you're no, I don't think so. But yeah, I mean, I guess, sure. That sti a stitch when you run is actually more from the muscle. This is from the peritoneum itself. Then we have visceral pain. Visceral pain comes from an abdominal organ. It's usually vague, often just kind of in the middle, and it's usually diffuse, which means it's kind of like, yeah, where does it hurt? I don't know where it hurts. It just kind of hurts all over the place. Um, you have to make the face as you do it. And then it may be accompanied by everyone's favorite, nausea. And for those of you who say, oh, you should just throw up, you'll feel better afterwards, don't. They're lying. You will feel worse afterwards. Only if it's a stomach issue in the first place. Referred pain. Um, referred pain can come from the gallbladder, and it's typically going to refer to the back. So it's not actually in the abdomen at all. And it's oftentimes between the scapula. And will typically worsen as the visceral pain gets worse. All right, next we have diarrhea. Code brown. <laughs> Now, we're, we think of diarrhea as somewhat, oh, embarrassing and like, you know, just kind of a, fun. no, not fun, but it's kind of an, it's an embarrassment and it's an uh, inconvenience. However, diarrhea kills more people every year than HIV does. It kills more people every year than breast cancer does. Yes, we need to have a brown ribbon. And most of those who die, guess what they are? Children. So why do they die? Dehydration and electrolyte imbalance. So when you get to peds, your peds OB uh, classes, you're going to be dealing quite a bit with diarrhea. And the treatment of choice for diarrhea in children, guess what it is? Well, Pedialyte is a brand name that does that. We call it oral rehydration therapy. So you need to replace both the fluids and the electrolytes. So a little bit of, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of salt, and a little bit of uh, bicarb is usually what goes into um, oral rehydration therapy. The most important part of your oral rehydration therapy is that the water is clean. <laughs> um, there is, uh, you know, if you do oral rehydration therapy with contaminated water, guess what you're going to do? More Give them more diarrhea. So how can you make sure the water is clean? One way is to boil it. Now, depends on what the bug is, depending on how long you have to boil it. Some things, you boil them for 90 minutes, still not going to help. Yeah, it's clostridium. Yep. I'm sorry, not clostridium, cryptosporidium, when it's in the cyst form. You can put Clorox in it, that will help. Yep, a little bit of bleach. 
In the water, yes. Not a lot. Like, 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 a, yeah, it's like a cap full in five gallons. Um, you can also use iodine. What's the problem with iodine? People can be allergic to iodine. What else? It can stain teeth and it's toxic to fetuses. So don't give it to a pregnant mother. So anyway, um, now you've got a little bit of third world medicine under your belt. Yay. Okay, so diarrhea is an increase in frequency of defecation and is usually accompanied by an increase in water content. So, if you go more than three times a day, that is considered diarrhea. Now, for those of you who go four times a day on a normal basis every day, you probably don't have it. You just um, are very fibrous in your diet, I guess. Other factors include the amount of water content, the presence of unabsorbed food. Now, if the unabsorbed food is corn on the, you know, like corn kernels, you probably need to do a better job of chewing. The presence of unabsorbable materials. So, so, you know, sometimes you eat stuff that you can't absorb, like little kids eat marbles or, you know, that may cause diarrhea. Bacterial content. Bacteria can cause diarrhea. Intestinal secretions and mucus. Ordinarily, you know, your body secretes about 10 gallons, no, sorry, 10 liters a day of GI secretions into your gut. And then it reabsorbs them in your large intestines. So if those make it past, you might have very uh, mucusy diarrhea. And then finally, children versus adults. Who's it more dangerous for? Children. Now, there's two different kinds of diarrhea, and we um, distinguish them by the amount of volume. And they are called, interestingly enough, large volume, small volume. So, etiology, osmotic is typically large volume. You've got something in the gut that's causing water to come from the bloodstream into the gut. It's pulling water into your gut. That's usually large volume. Um, the laxatives that we give for bowel preps, like a person has to have a colonoscopy, produce large volume. What's the major problem with large volume diarrhea? Dehydration. Next is what's called secretory, where your body is secreting things too much, it, you know, too much fluids into the uh, large intestine. That's called large volume. Then we have increased mobility, where the gut is just going really fast. And it's not having a chance to absorb as much water as usual. This can be either small or large. And then finally, we have one of our favorite, iatrogenic, where we're giving them drugs that cause diarrhea. So first of all, osmotic. Um, you have some non-absorbable fluid in the gut that's pulling water into the gut. So those, that something can be chemicals like magnesium, sulfate, or phosphate. Interestingly enough, some of the best and uh, best laxatives we have are magnesium citrate, magnesium hydroxide, bleat phosphosoda. Yeah, that is magnesium hydroxide. So, also lactase deficiency. If you don't have, if you don't have lactase, if your body doesn't produce it naturally, and you drink milk, the lactose will not be broken down. It'll get down into your into your lower intestines where it will start to pull water in and cause diarrhea. diarrhea. It can also cause abdominal pain because bacteria 
in your gut can eat it and break the bond. And as they break it, they release gas. And that gas is uncomfortable. Loss of pancreatic enzymes. If you don't have enough pancreatic enzymes, food comes through unabsorbed, or sorry, undigested, can't absorb, and so it's going to pull water in. And then finally, synthetic sugars and sugar alcohols. One of the favorite sweeteners of the non-sugar non group is called sorbitol. Now, how many of you have ever had candy that has sorbitol in it? They also put it in some sugar-free ice creams. You eat too much of that ice cream and you're going to have diarrhea. So sorbitol can cause this um, quite nasty if you're not careful, like sugar-free chocolate. One and that's it. Olestra is similar, but rather than being a sugar or sugar alcohol, it's actually a fat uh, that can't be absorbed. All right, then we have, next one we have is called secretory. So excessive secretions of chloride or bicarbonate fluid, blah, blah, blah. So this is usually because of bacteria or cancer. So secretory is usually bacteria or cancer. All right, diarrhea. Next one is increased motility. Now, there's, it can be large volume or small. If it's large volume, it's usually because of some kind of lesion in the gut, and diabetic neuropathy is a big one. So diabetic neuropathy can cause gastroparesis, heartburn, and constipation, or if you're one of the lucky ones, diarrhea. As a small volume, it's usually because of inflammation. So things like ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, and irritable bowel syndrome, which we'll talk about later, and fecal impaction. Mm. From the iatrogenic diarrhea, we have laxatives. Laxatives, yes, cause diarrhea. Antibiotics. Some antibiotics can cause diarrhea in and of themselves, such as um, azithromycin. Others will destroy the, the normal flora in the gut and then cause C. diff or pseudomembranous colitis. Diuretics and antihypertensives can sometimes cause diarrhea. And then um, there's a special name called motility diarrhea, which is caused when you do a surgical resection of the large intestines. So if you have someone who has, say they have a, some cancerous spots in their colon, so they chop those out, stick the two sides back together. Now there's a shorter colon. The colon's in charge of absorbing water, so it can't absorb as much water. So now the person has diarrhea. Well, it's, they're always going to have it because they have a shorter colon, so shorter way for that food to get through. So they're going to go to the bathroom more times a day. Okay, next. Clinical manifestations of diarrhea. Need I say more? <laughs> All right. Uh, we separated them into acute or chronic symptoms based on the length of duration. Usually anything lasting longer than three days is no longer considered acute. Um, and we also distinguish between systemic and local symptoms. Local being GI, systemic meaning everything else in the body. So let's start with systemic. The first one and the most important one is dehydration. The second and the second most important is electrolyte imbalance. And then we can also have metabolic acidosis. Why would we have metabolic acidosis? 
because your body's secreting too much bicarb. So if we did a regular old BMP, what would you see on it? What value would be abnormal? There is no HCO3 on a BMP. CO2, which means HCO3, would be high or low? Low, because you've been losing bicarb. Now, it could be high and cause an alkalosis, but that is not as common. By far, the most common thing is to lose bicarb and become acidotic. Also, here's a good one, weight loss. You know, you're not absorbing food because it's right on through. Weight loss. And then finally, signs and symptoms of infection, depending on the reason why you have the diarrhea in the first place. All right, localized manifestations. Cramping and or abdominal pain. Yay. Steatorrhea. What does that mean? It is fatty poo. Now, fatty poo has the Fs. Foul-smelling, floating, and frothy. Yes, because fat causes bubbles to be made. Next, we have mucus, and then finally, eggs, or the uh, proper term, ova, or parasites may be present in... Mm -hmm. Yes. So, take a stool sample and examine it. Examine it. They'll call it, they check for O and P, which is ova and parasites. All right, so evaluation. History and physical. Uh, what are we looking for on the history and physical? What's the most important thing? Okay, so, all right, on the history, what's the most important thing? How long it's been going on. What else? Anything that may lead us to know why the patient is having it. So, have you had antibiotics recently? Up to two weeks ago. Have you been to a foreign country? Or have you been to Okeechobee lately? Have you been eating fish caught locally? You know, all kinds of stuff. You try and want to find out what was causing it. As far as the physical goes, what's the most important thing? Signs of dehydration. What are they? Dry mucous membranes. Weakness. Fatigue. Increased pulses. Lowered blood pressure. What did you say? What else? I, I know someone said it earlier. Skin turgor. So those are some of the things that you're going to be looking for. Fecal occult blood test. See if there's any blood in the stool. Stool culture and examination. Mm, a lovely one. And guess, who's get, guess who gets to collect that in the hospital? You guys. Abdominal x-rays can be used. Um, colonoscopy and check for electrolytes. So BNP. As far as treatment goes, we have conservative and we have advanced. So conservative therapy is restore fluid and electrolyte imbalance. And what's the best way to do that? Oral rehydration therapy, ORT. Nutritional supplements as necessary and 
fiber. Now, fiber can both absorb water, slowing down diarrhea, and it can also uh, cause, con it can either cause constipation if you have too much, or it can cause um, bowel movements in the right amount. So we use fiber to treat both constipation and diarrhea. And then we have um, advanced treatment, which are going to be antibiotics if it's C. diff, and then anti-diarrheal drugs,